0: Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Monash This is the weekend edition where we interview notable people from the world of real estate investing. Today is no exception. We have a great guest all the way from St. Charles, Illinois. Welcome to the show, Sam Kwok. Thank you. Uh, pleasure being here and to share some golden nuggets. Well, great to have you here. Now, Sam, you come from the world of digital marketing in the real estate space, but before we dive into those details, because a lot's changed in the last even 12, 24 months, right. why don't you give a little bit of your backstory and how you got to this point in your journey?
1: Sure. So, I'll give you guys a thirty second view. I Started this journey in entrepreneurship and real estate almost ten years ago, uh, when I was still in my college dorm room. So, I began on this journey and grew, grew the company out of my dorm room, just like one of those other stories out there. Fast forward twenty seventeen. My brother and I were collectively able to go from having zero rental properties to having almost seventy-five rental properties in just one year. Using, I think, what many of your audience will recognize as syndication and raising capital and funds, and various different uh, creative financing strategies are out there. So, but really, my my focal point or my strength that that I, I bring to the table is in the online digital marketing, really just marketing in general. Uh, I think online marketing is just marketing that happens to, to be done online. So yeah, so that's kind of a li- little bit of background. Uh, today, we have we still per- actively participate in real estate transactions as well as we do have uh, a consulting service and education company as well. But that's the background that I, that, that I have that brings us today.
0: Now, obviously, today, the market has gone through a lot of transition, cost of capital has gone up, and there's a lot of investors sitting on the sidelines. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like there's more people Chasing after fewer dollars, you want to be hammering your investors. So, what marketing strategies are working today in what is clearly a more difficult capital raising environment? Sure. So, I think there's a different uh, a
1: taste in content right now, uh, and it varies depending on the generation, the demographic of people you typically raise capital from. Obviously, you know many of you probably have raised capital from doctors, to lawyers, to business owners that. Accumulated, you know, millions of dollars of capital and really unsure where they want to go ahead and put that money in. Right now, I think because of the uncertainty in the market and a lot of different questions that we have, I'll give you one or two kind of practical marketing tactics and strategy to act, to be paying attention to. And this is something that I, I've i I'm using myself practically. Uh, and that is through a couple aspects and parts of marketing that you need to pay attention to. So number one a thing that's really working for us in marketing and capturing attention and capturing the voice is what I like to call the dancing around the fire concept. And what that means is that I know many of you guys when when you create content, or when you think about YouTube or podcast, you tend to want to talk about the projects you're working on or the real estate strategies and tactics, maybe just your own company and your recent deals, which is which are a phenomenal way of doing it. But if you want to capture the masses and build a movement and a, more of a following, then what you want to do is you want to talk about the concepts or, or topics that are of interest of your ideal investors or partners that may not necessarily be about real estate, but it is about really your commentary as to what's happening in the world. So for example, I do quite a bit of commentary on YouTube right now, as far as topics such as freedom, faith, finances, connected to some of the current events, as well as some political commentary as well. So yes, I am isolating some few people that are paying attention to that. But what we find are those are the attributes of an ideal investor that we want to attract. That do at the end of the day listen to our content and go, hey, I love these guys. I want to work with them. They seem to have integrity. So yes, you you can sprinkle in the fact that yeah, you know you have a real estate business and you're an active investor going out there creating value in the in the market. But more so, I think right now what what the market really needs and the marketing of that is to build trust by not necessarily talking about your company. It, it is just more of a commentary of what what's going on in the world. So that's one aspect of it, but that's to generate trust and traffic. The second aspect of that is a marketing funnel. And that is just, uh, I'm I'm a big fan of direct response marketing. And that's to give your ideal investors something practical, whether it's a a webinar or a guide on how to passively invest in real estate. Something that works works really uh, well for us is something called a deal alert webinar, and that is... As as you track ideal investor candidate into your world through a newsletter list or to for them to opt into a kind of a real estate resource that you'll give out on your YouTube channel or Spotify, what you want to do is uh, every time you're looking to raise capital or you have a uh, a deal that you're 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 looking to raise, uh, you do a deal or webinar, and typically these are built on the back of urgency and scarcity. You know, hey, only 48 hours left to go with this webinar. You know, jump on it or we're gonna miss out. And basically the webinar is going to be a showcase of perhaps your past deals and transactions you've done. And then a transaction that's, you know, a deal that you're working on now and, and how juicy and spicy it is uh, for, for people to participate. And then of course, you'll say, hey, we're only looking to raise 10 million for this particular deal, first come, first serve. Here's the link to schedule a call with our team to kind of get, recap everything. I know we're going to keep this short, but my 80% of the, the energy where I spend right now is just in community development or audience development through uh, content that may actually not be about real estate, but we we, uh, we find a lot of investors through the, through creating content
0: this way. That makes a lot of sense. And it mirrors an awful lot of what we do here on the podcast as well. We don't talk strictly about real estate, but we think we know who our investors are and what matters to them and understanding what's happening in the macroeconomic environment and in energy and all of the things that actually affect our day-to-day lives as yeah. business people, as entrepreneurs, as investors. Because at the end of the day, you might classify yourself as a real estate investor, but you're actually an investor first. I think there's very few right. investors that are exclusively real estate investors. They're investors first. Right. 100% agree. So today, the the airwaves are absolutely saturated. Everyone's trying to grab attention. Interruption marketing, I think, is overused and doesn't work. What approaches are attracting people where they will find you as opposed to necessarily you interrupting them?
1: Yeah, uh, I love that question. So there's two things I'll uh, I'll kind of speak into that. Number one is you studied some of the greatest marketers out there long before this whole online, airway, radio, TV, advertising. You study all of them. One particular person that comes to mind is P.T. Barnum and i know when you when you say pt barnum oh he isn't isn't he the circus guy well no he's actually first of all i think he's one of the greatest marketer the history has ever known because think about the time where you know where when pt existed you know we didn't have we didn't necessarily have mass radio tv youtube online any of that what he was able to do he was a a showman he was almost like a donald trump figure in terms of how he how much ripple he he created you know, he would, he would do a lot of these what's called uh, dramatic demonstrations, right? Where, oh my gosh, we have a three-legged human being, you know, coming to New York City, right? And then he did a lot of extreme things to get people's attention and get people to talk about you, right? So I'm not saying that you need to go and, I don't know, um, be a Twitter sensation and people talk about you and all kinds of things. But I, I the second part of where I, I'm bridging the connection is, I believe everyone has their way of being charismatic and how to amplify that. Not every person who's loud and, you know, very smooth talking. I don't see that necessarily as one, just one type of uh, charisma. I believe there, there are different ways to project charisma, whether you believe you're good in front of a video camera or not. I know several college professor types, very monotonic talking people. They're very charismatic and they have their own style. So connecting the, the bridge with the PT bottom dramatic demonstration, as well as showing up in your best charisma style. If you can amplify your who you are as a, chariz- as a charismatic thought leader or a charismatic business leader, amplify that through the forms of podcasts, like how Victor's running it, YouTube, or uh, it could be a blog. There's so many different ways to do that. So if you can find your charisma style and amplify it and dial it up and really stand out, and you may have to be controversial in a in a way that sometimes I, I can be controversial on YouTube as well, where I I will say you know hey listen uh, abortion should be illegal, right and and people get people with nuts right, but it's something I I, I it roots to a truth that I believe in. I think a lot of it is coming down to especially now there's so much fake stuff out there Instagram. Facebook, fake photos, right? I, I think people are looking for a fresh, authentic perspective and people will, will look for it. And as soon as they identify that you have that and you you offer some authentic voice and, and truth and your charisma, I think they're going to stick to you uh, because there are a lot of fake content producers out there, unfortunately, you know, across different platforms. So I know I could have given you something more practical, but I think it starts there with that mindset uh, to begin with.
0: I love that. I know as we speak with our investors, many of them are older, many of them are baby boomers, they've made their money, they've they've sold their business, they won the lottery, whatever Mm -hmm. it might be. And they're now passing that wealth on to the next generation. Interacting with that next generation is a little bit different than Mm -hmm. interacting with the parents. Sometimes the parents are in the fourth quarter and they don't want to be active. They don't even want to invest. They want to engage their kids. Uh, What have you experienced?
1: Sure. So I can give you my perspective on. Uh, so I'm a millennial, and uh, I've raised capital from. I mean, all spectrums from literally from Gen Z all the way to baby boomer. And to define what those are, Gen Z is anyone born after 2001. You know, baby boomers. You got the the generation uh, after World War II. It's interesting because if you look at uh, Gen X and baby boomer, which you're looking at 1950 to 1970 in terms of the areas that they've been born, when you raise capital for them, it is very much performance. What's the return? Can I trust you? Especially from Gen X, Gen X perspective, they, they're more skeptical. So they, they want to keep things real. So they're, they're asking all these really tough questions. So I've experienced that now with Gen Z really in the next 10 to 20 years. And if you're building a, a company that you, you want to last for, for a long time and you want to be in the cutting edge as far as what you're communicating out there to, even the future investors of Gen Z and millennials, a lot of the Gen Zs right now are hungry for some kind of a purpose-driven investment. Now, I have mixed thoughts on this because if we're going to this whole ESG route, I'm not not a big fan of the ESG type of investing mindset, but there is a level of truth in that the millennials and the Gen Z are hungry for social causes, is married to profit revenue opportunities. And I'll, I'll give you an example. One of the issues right now we're looking at is affordable housing issues. A lot of young generations can't afford homes. A lot of barrier to to uh, to the entry of owning a home. Well, one of the things that that I'm I've been conjuring up in my head is well, what does it look like to build subdivisions of tiny homes or super ultra uh, affordable homes to them? And I'm giving them, their, I'm giving you their perspective. If we can help the minorities and disenfranchised people in building um, towns and communities of things that will empower those type of demographics. Uh, Gen Zs with the money, while they don't have much of that right now, 20 years from now are going to think, that's how I'm going to make my decision in terms of investment. Sure, I'm not going to get 20, 30, 40% returns. I'll take 12, but I want to see a better world or better social cause. So in a way, there's there's good and bad in that, uh, pros and cons. So I think Gen Z is, and the younger millennials are going to be more social cause oriented. So if you're in your 40s and 50s right now, and and you still expect to be in business for the next 20 years, you may have to think about those things as a communication, and marketing strategy. And I know some of you out there, 40, 50, 60 years old, you're thinking, okay, I I, I don't get it. Uh, what 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 does social cause have to do with investing? And again, I'm I'm gonna say both, right? I'm like, well, you know what, I. I to me, show me the numbers. If it works, if the deal works, can I trust you? What, what is your past performance? That's really all I need to know to make a decision whether I want to engage in a deal or not. But the Gen Z and the younger millennials, even younger than me, seem to be seem to have developed a fascination for social entrepreneurship, causes, purpose that just goes beyond what's on paper for PNL. So uh, again, I'm not av- necessarily advocating for that, but I'm saying that's the perspective of the Gen Z and the millennials growing up today.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Well, Sam, if, if folks want to connect, if they want to learn more, what's the best way?
1: Sure. Uh, so like what I mentioned earlier, uh, if if you're into freedom, finance, right? Uh, I have a YouTube channel, uh, literally my last name, The Quack Brothers. Uh, check us out. It may not be your cup of tea, but if you love it, you love it. Uh, but yeah, on our YouTube channel, we give away links uh, where you can connect with us. We have Facebook groups and email lists that you can uh, participate in. Uh, so that's probably the best way to connect with
0: us. Well, thank you, Sam. Thank you for the perspective. And for the listeners at home, definitely connect with Sam. And check out his YouTube channel at the Quoc Brothers. The link will be in the show notes. And in the meantime, have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. And we'll talk to you again tomorrow.